What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be doing our season predictions, this time for Patrick Williams. The Hey, listen, I, I think I like at this point, if you're in Bulls Nation, you either love Patrick Williams, you hate Patrick Williams, who knows, man? We'll be getting into that conversation. We'll also be talking about Derrick Rose and the conversation around retiring his jersey, and if he's done enough to be in the Hall of Fame. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, you can be anywhere in the world, but you choose to be here with me today on Chicago Bulls Central. With that being said, let's jump into the content today. So first off, we're just going to be talking. We've, we've been doing season previews. So far, we've done Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Zach Levine, and now today we are on Patrick Williams. Now, this is one of the more polarizing conversations usually surrounding Bulls Nation. Some people see it for Patrick Williams. Some people say, oh, Patrick Williams doesn't have that dog in him. He's not going to develop. There's The opinions around Patrick Williams are all really over the place. You, you have people in the middle, people high, people low when it comes to Bulls Nation. And, you know, it's kind of understandable. So one of the things with Patrick Williams um, that we'll talk about in identifying the season that, that he had before, only 17 games played last season, nine points per game, 51% shooting from three-point range, 52% shooting overall from field goal range, and 73% shooting from free throw range. Again, those averages are a bit skewed just because of the fact that, yeah, he didn't play very much. But with that being said, uh, 4.1 rebounds per game, almost an assist per game, 0.5 blocks per game. And that is... Patrick Williams' numbers from last season. Now, he did have a PER of 12.76, which isn't amazing, isn't bad, isn't terrible. But again, considering the small sample size, it's really kind of hard to really know how to evaluate Patrick Williams' season last season. Now, his career averages for the Chicago Bulls are actually pretty solid. Uh, it's very much like it, like his season numbers. So it's 9.2 uh, points per game for his career so far, 49% shooting overall from the field, 41% shooting from three-point range, um, free throw 7.7 uh, 72.9%, um, 4.5 rebounds per game, 1.3 assists per game, 6, 0.6 blocks per game, and 0.8 steals per game. Those are Patrick Williams' uh, career averages. Now, Patrick Williams for his career is a is a 112.2 defensive rating we've already talked about if you get to that 110 area that's that's pretty solid right you want to be as close to 100 as possible um last season his defensive rating was 114.9 that drops down from his rookie year where he had a defensive rating of 111.7 so it's really hard to evaluate Patrick Williams career so far in my opinion because really he's been a player that came in in this rookie year wasn't asked to do a lot didn't have really any offense called for him anything like that that really continued for the most part in his second career. We saw it um, change a little bit in the playoffs where he actually has really good averages for him and his role um, in, in the playoffs. So really when it comes down to it, the reason why, you know, you, you we want to talk about Patrick Williams and his season and things like that is because when it boils down to it, it's all like because the Bulls bet on continuity, it's betting a lot on Patrick Williams developing. Now, I talked about his playoff numbers. Playoff numbers, he averaged right around 12 points per game. 46% shooting from the field, 33% shooting from field goal range, 72% from three, five rebounds per game, about an assist per game, 0.6 blocks, and one steal per game in the playoffs for Patrick Williams. Um, he, he averaged about 30 minutes a game in the playoffs as well, his first playoff series. But with so much riding on Patrick Williams' development, it really, and the, and the Bulls front office really betting on their first pick of this new regime, it really does, it, it really causes Bulls Nation to really be of two minds, right? You have the Bulls 
a nation that doesn't want to wait on any on a player uh, as raw as Patrick Williams to develop. They are really re- willing to trade Patrick Williams. They want to see this front office traded to win now. And I and I understand that, right? I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand that mindset because at the end of the day, everybody wants to see this team be as competitive as possible right away. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, the people who do want to bet, want to wait on Patrick Williams developing, the ones that you'll hear say, hey, he's only 20 years old and and, and things like that, it's because it's not about just the right now for everyone, right? We look at it and see over the course of three, four, five years, if Patrick Williams develop into the player that a lot of people think that he can be, right? You then have a piece that is going to be able to be built around to a degree and offers flexibility in the way that you build this team for years and years and years to come. Then you also have people with the mindset of the way that Io DeSumo came into the season they want to see Patrick Williams give a little bit more of that to not only just wait on it, but to kind of take the moment in a way. Agree with all of that. I can understand every bit of that. I can understand the complete spectrum of people with Patrick Williams. The way that I see it, my personal opinion of the of Patrick Williams is that I see the flashes, right? You see it in like the Minnesota game last season. You see it um, in, in certain times in the way that he conducts and, 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 and handles himself. The, the, at the end of the day, I think it's really about aggression with Patrick Williams. And you're asking a 20-year-old player to come in with veterans and things like that to really be aggressive. And the thing is, is that some people may say, hey, well, he's 20 years old. What, what like You want him to come in and be aggressive with veterans? We've seen play- – Dalen Terry, for example, is a player that I think is going to come in. And he he's, he's, has high basketball IQ, but he's going to try to show that he belongs right away. So I understand the people, too, that have some questions about Patrick Williams' mindset and if that's going to, to help him, what, what that is going to turn him into as far as the player long term. But the way that I see it, right, yes, I want to bet on the, on, the, on the progression of Patrick Williams to a degree. He's 20 years old. I don't think, and I've said this before, that we see exactly the player that Patrick Williams is going to be, maybe until he's 23, 24. That's, that's betting on three or four more years of Patrick Williams before we see kind of the finalized version. And even then, we may not, we'll still see refinements to his game. Now, coming into the third season, we all know that it's, it's talked about very often, the third season leap at times with players. Is it time to see that with Patrick Williams? Now, I'm going to go to, to use something that I, that I have not used for any player yet when I've done these, um, these uh, player progressions, right, or these player projections. But there is this website called 530, 538. Um, and what this does is it takes a look and it projects, uh, projects, projects it projects projects is the word that i'm looking for it projects a player and their impact by taking a look at what they do they also take a look at other other similar players right so kind of the blurb of this website is our projection system identifies similar players throughout nba history and uses them to develop a probabilistic probabilistic forecast of what a current nba's future might look like i've never used this on anybody else with player projections because with patrick williams it's so difficult for me to really see, like, or, or, or to take a look at it. So I wanted to bring in another resource to use with this Patrick Williams thing. So, for example, with Patrick Williams, his uh, true shooting percentage for his career right now is a is 56%. Free throw percentage, 70, 73%. His usage rate is terrible at 15% usage rate so far for his career. His three-point frequency is only 26%. And free throw frequency is 24%. Now, the, the frequency is how, of course, you guys know what the word frequency means. Now, his passing ball handling, 
His assist percentage is only 7%. Now, that that what some players would mean that they're a black hole on offense. With Patrick Williams, we know he just doesn't have the ball that often. Um, turnover percentage. Now, this is scary. His turnover percentage so far is 14%. With a player that does not have a very high usage rate that has a turnover percentage that high, it is alarming. Now, that can absolutely be refined from Patrick Williams as he does get more opportunities. He gets more comfortable using the ball. But I want I'm going to be fair in the way that I that I evaluate that. His defensive rebounding, he comes down with 9% of defensive rebounds while he's on the court. His block percentage is actually really high. Average, he average his block percentage is 2% of, 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 of possessions where he's in position to block the ball. He blocks that at a 2% rate. Still percentage, high as well with 1.6 percentage. And his defensive plus minus is really good at minus um. Minus 0.3. That means that the team is generally better defensively with Patrick Williams on the court. So what does what do those type of numbers, and, and as far as the projection-wise, so in this website, they give the 10 most comparable players to Patrick Williams. This is going to be interesting. So, oh, And they give the year, too. So of the 10 most comparable players, now this does increase it to if his usage rate was more common amongst NBA players. Um, so that, that that's that's what that gives but so this is if he had per it's basically like per 30 but it's comparing um comparing other players that are similar so the number one comparison for him is 2014 mo harkless uh number two 2007 marvin williams number three 2014 michael kidd giltris number four 2006 aaron gordon number five justin justice winslow of 2017 number six is 2019 just uh, jason tatum and number seven is 2018 Brandon Ingram. So as far as his impact on the floor, if that was extrapolated to him getting a higher usage rate, he is comparable to those players according to this website. What does that mean? Nothing, right? It just it gives you a lot of data. Now, number 10, he is compared to 2015 Giannis Antetokounmpo, which stands out a lot. But with all that being said, right, even a website like this that is built around projecting a player's impact is still having difficulty knowing where to project Patrick Williams from because it's all over the place. So as of right now, they have him in the category of up and comer. Now, he was projected to add 1.9 wins for the Chicago Bulls had he played the full season. Now, they're projecting him to be a very high win-loss player at projecting him to, in 2028 to be able to add up to five wins for a team. Now, again, that's projection. We got to actually see how he can create He can blow that out of the water. But when it's all said and done, right, is that Patrick Williams is a very difficult player to project exactly what's going to happen for him. Either you believe in his potential or you don't believe in his potential. We know this front office is betting on the potential of Patrick Williams. But what that means as well, though, is that if this bet has to come true, otherwise, the, the Bulls nation is going to question it a lot, right? This is one of the, the biggest question marks about AK and Eversley. Like, as far as, not for me, right? As far as, like, if we're taking everybody into consideration, I think generally, too, like, if Patrick Williams does work out, then they did great. But if he does not work out, they drafted a player at number four that people are going to question forever. And, you know, while we don't know for sure how close any deals were, we know that their reluctance to trade Patrick Williams has probably kept them out of some trade conversations. So when we're talking about projections for Patrick Williams in 2022-23, what can what what do we need to expect? 
the way that I'm looking at this, and this again is me based off hoping that they find a way to better use him, get getting his usage rate up some. But I think Patrick Williams is going to be in line for a 15 point per game season on six rebounds per game, especially if he's playing power forward. It may even get more towards seven or eight. And I'm going to say Patrick Williams has the highest assist total of his career because I think they're going to do more running the offense through him to develop that part of the game. I'm saying Patrick Williams has 3.5 assists per game. That's my projection for Patrick Williams, but throw the numbers out of the way. What I want to see from Patrick Williams outside of numbers, I do want to see that defensive rating get maybe down to a 109, 108, because if you're going to be the defensive player that we know that you can be and that right now everything's built around what you offer defensively, I need to see that defensive rating improve drastically than what it was last season. But outside of that, I want to see Patrick Williams be more aggressive. I want to see Patrick Williams calling for the ball. I want to see Patrick Williams taking shots confidently without that hesitation, without looking around. I want to see him get into rhythm and 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 own it, own his own development. Now, we know he worked this season with DeMar DeRozan. That's going to pay big dividends for him, hopefully. But we need to see that from Patrick Williams as soon as preseason starts, in my opinion. Especially if Lonzo Ball is not ready to go, you, and you have another ball handler as Patrick Williams who you can run some offense and some half-court sets through. I need to see Patrick Williams, and as I've done with a lot of these projections, I'm putting some things on the coaching staff as well. They need to put this man in a position to develop his skills. He can no longer float around, right? Either make or bust Patrick Williams. Make or break. That's a better saying. Patrick Williams. By that, I mean that coaching staff has to say, hey, listen, we have this, this player that we think and front office think is going to be a gym. Let's use him. And if he doesn't succeed in that, all right. Then we, then we got some other questions and some other things we need to do. But at this point in time, third season in the league, Yes, he'll be 21 going into the season, which is still younger than a lot of rookies coming in, especially this draft class where we had a lot of older rookies. We need to see Patrick Williams step up, and we need to see the coaching staff try to put him in a position to put the ball in, a hand, in his hands more. So it's a mixture. I'm putting it about, I'm going to say I'm putting it about 30% on the coaching staff, but I'm putting the biggest ownership of this over Patrick Williams to come in and try to be more aggressive. Not try, to be more aggressive. So in a 2022-23 season, aggression, focus, and not being afraid anymore is what I want to see from Patrick Williams. Let me know down below. What do you guys want to see from Patrick Williams in this upcoming season? Let's go ahead and move on. Next topic of the day, the last topic of the day is Derrick Rose. Now, we talked about this over on Locked on Bulls, which you guys may have already listened to or watched, but I'm going to bring it over here, too, because it's different fan bases. I want to, I want to cover both. The, after the Goran Dragic situation with the number one, it's raised in some conversations on if Derrick Rose's number one jersey should be retired. And for that, I say it's an undoubtedly yes. To me, Derrick Rose deserves to have his jersey retired. He's an MVP for the Chicago Bulls. He's got the Chicago Bulls probably the most relevant since the dynasty era that we've seen. Not probably, for sure. And while his career was cut short, right, while the years that he was an impactful player were cut, was cut short by injury, Derrick Rose still deserves what he means to the city of Chicago, what he means to this franchise, what he means to basketball in general. Pat the designer pointed out something good. There's very rare people don't speak positively about Derrick Rose around the league. Derrick Rose deserves to have his jersey retired, in my opinion, for the Chicago Bulls. I don't even think that's the question. The biggest question in this is, will Derrick Rose become the first MVP to not make the Hall of Fame? And I've seen you guys' comments. Some people have commented, hey, well, Tracy McGrady made it in, so Derrick Rose can make it in. Tracy McGrady was a multi-time uh, scoring champion. Uh, he was a multi-time all-star. Uh, he, he, led the, uh, he had an eight-year stretch where he scored over 20 points per game. Um, it's different for Tracy McGrady. I don't hold them in the same. Yes, Tracy McGrady's career was cut short by injury too, but Tracy McGrady still had much more time that he was able to shine. Some people have also brought up Penny Hardaway. 
Penny Hardaway, another career that that got cut short due to injury, but Penny Hardaway still had a longer period of time of being dominant in a way in the NBA, in my opinion, right? Some some when it comes to this Derrick Rose conversation, a lot of people go to players immediately who had who had injuries and who were cut short by injuries. But to me, um, Penny Hardaway, yes, he did have a career cut short by injury. He did have the last six, seven years of his career were very questionable. But I will say that Penny Hardaway is a player to me that is more, where the, Trace McGrady is in a different level to me than, than Derrick Rose. Yes, he never won MVP, never made it out the first round of the playoffs. Yes, all those things. But what he was able to do during the regular season to me, it was more consistent than what Derrick Rose was able to give. And that's not Derrick Rose's fault. Derrick Rose never got to have a true prime. Penny Hardaway is very comparable. So with that being said, like, I think, and the, the, the question that I raised, the question that I raised over on Locked on Bulls was, so, okay, are we basically saying that an MVP, does an MVP automatically make you a Hall of Famer? And that's the biggest question here, right? And if the answer is yes there, right, then, okay, then he meets that qualifications. If we're saying because every MVP in NBA history has made the Hall of Fame so far, right, well, there's still some that haven't retired yet. Of course, we still got to see players that are playing now. But will Derrick Rose be that first MVP to not make the Hall of Fame? You know, that's that's really what it says. It doesn't it doesn't MVP. And as much as I am uh, a Chicago Bulls fan, I am a Chicago Bulls homer in a way. Uh, let, let's not let's not get out outside the, the mind with that. But like as much as I am, I will go ahead and, and admit that to me, just admittedly. Yeah, he won an MVP. But Derrick Rose shined bright for four seasons, four seasons. We're talking about 08, 09, 09. 10, 10, 11, and 11, 12. And 11, 12 is the season he got hurt. After that, he did try. To, he did make a comeback in 13, 14. 15.9 points per game, 17.7 the year after that, 16.4 the year after that. In his first year um, with New York, 18 points per game. Now, he has had two 18-point-per-game seasons after that, one with Minnesota, one with Detroit. But a player that has been so riddled with history, and we're talking about since, since the era of, since the MVP, we're talking about he's had several games where he's played over the season less than 40 games like six times has Derrick Rose done enough to be named to the Hall of Fame now Hall of Fame is more than just the NBA Hall of Fame one can say you got to throw in his collegiate career too is one season there with Memphis not winning a national title but making it to one of one of the best national title games ever and that's where I try to be I try to bring my objectivity into it right taking away the MVP I don't think it's any question Derrick Rose did not have a Hall of Fame career. So we're basically saying with four really solid seasons, let me not say solid, four near great seasons in the NBA and a, and a MVP, is that enough? And honestly, I don't, if it, if it wasn't for the MVP, I'd say absolutely no. But that MVP being introduced into there and the fact that every other MVP has made it, it's, you, you start getting in the door of that conversation. So I'm really of two minds when it comes to Derrick Rose and the Hall of Fame conversation. Just admittedly, but I will say this: if he gets in, then absolutely. Like, listen here. Let's not, let's not make no mistakes about it. I'm going to be extremely excited and happy for my boy Derrick Rose making it to the Hall of Fame. But you know what? That question with when I, while I do my path to designer a dramatic pause. Uh, but that question I'm presenting it to you guys: Has Derrick Rose done enough, in your opinion, to be named to the Hall of Fame? Jersey retirement. We're not having that conversation. He deserves to have his jersey retired for everything, for things outside of basketball, inside of basketball, everything. What he did for this team, this franchise, he deserves to have his number retired. But the Hall of Fame conversation, when it comes down to it, when Derrick Rose does decide to hang it up, has he done enough to be named to the Hall of Fame?
Let me know what you guys think about that one down below. If you're on the podcast side, please go ahead and send in the email as well. I want to hear from you guys on this one. Probably going to be a heavily discussed topic in the mailbag episode tomorrow. So uh, get get your thoughts in on that one as soon as possible. But that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bull Central. Thank you for joining me. If you want to follow me personally, you can do so at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bull Central Pod. Uh, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Again, like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. And don't just see red, people. Live red. Love you guys. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. Media.